This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Marquez, Pickens, Jackson. Are you ready? Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Zone. This hour is brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Good morning. Welcome in. Ole Miss Women's Hoops punched their ticket. They're an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. Mississippi State men's and women's, they're in. Playing games. Tuesday and Wednesday. And Chris Jans did the unthinkable. Kind of a team of misfits, really. Right? I mean, it's somewhat of a hodgepodge of this and that. And they're playing tomorrow night against Pitt. It, it's it's incredible. And you'll be locked into it. So, 8-10 tip-off. That's a little late for Blake and I, but we are going to power through it. It's a lot late. <laughs> and a lot of people will be at the uh, Mississippi State, uh, Nichols State game baseball game in the Shuckers ballpark. That's MGM um, right across from the Bovarbach. So they'll, right. they'll play there Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, your Mississippi State Bulldogs will play in Lexington, Kentucky this weekend in bourbon country for baseball. And your Ole Miss Rebels baseball team will play in Nashville in um, against Vanderbilt. I was just in Nashville for a couple of days, and uh, that was great. Enjoyed it. Um, there's too much traffic there now, though, for me to to make that move. So I'm not going to be a, a Nashvillian, but 
Uh, and I didn't, re- I mean, I knew it boomed, but it'd been long time since I've been there and man, it is a cool city, but you can't, you can't move around. They, they weren't ready. And I don't think you could have done anything to really get ready for it infrastructure wise, but, um, the traffic's insane. Even at only, I say only to still boomed 2.2, 2.3 million people metro area. Uh, you know, I, I almost am to the point where there's too much traffic in Madison. So I'd, I'd, I'd be out in Nashville, but I do like, you know, visiting every now and then it was fun to be downtown, go to Bridgestone arena. Uh, I had a blast down there. A friend of mine hooked us up. We ended up in a suite. It was really cool. Bridgestone arena is nice. Um, y'all know it's right downtown by Broadway. And we went to some bar before the game and, and had a Tito's vodka, bloody Mary. I had to ask Ben where we were. Um, it was a cool spot. They were actually doing a photo shoot up literally the upstairs overlooks Bridgestone arena. And they were doing some cool shot and they were doing a photo shoot of all their food. Oh. And so we got there at like 10 in the morning. Nice. Because the game was at noon and we wanted to go in early having the access to the suite. Of course. And, um, so they were bringing out all this food and then they dropped food off at our table. We were the only people up there. That's exciting. And they dropped off some wings at our table, and they were really good. Oh, I believe it. They, were, they weren't quite two brothers, but, and usually you don't see this, there was a lot of similarity. They were dry, dry wings, you know, not wings loaded up on sauce. It's what you like. And it, absolutely. So I thought I'd let you know that uh, that was pretty cool. There is a, like, breakfast place there, and I, it's been, gosh, when was the last time I was there? Like 10 years ago. Okay. But there was a, and I assume it's still there, that served some of the greatest pancakes I've ever had. It was like a brunch, you know, like, they were like fluffy. And, you know, I, I did like the brunch breakfast that I can remember, like bacon and eggs and pancakes, whatever, you know. And man, those pancakes were so fluffy. And it was it's such a popular place. The line outside that morning, I can remember, was like hundreds of people long on yeah. the sidewalk to get into this brunch place. Okay. Was it downtown? Yeah. I okay. can't remember. I, I'm sure my cousin who went to school there, That's he told, took us there, right? Yeah. Because at the time, he was finishing up at Vanderbilt. Yeah. And we were there for, I think, the Wake Forest. Vanderbilt wanted me bad. Yeah, I'm sure. Because of my ACT score. <laughs> I'm sure. And GPA. I'm sure. They I, just did. Couldn't, I just couldn't do it at that time. <laughs> I'm sure um, they did. So my buddy Ben Blake from uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, just texted me. He's the one that took us around. And the place was called Rippy's. And it's right by Bridgestone Arena. So that's what happened. We went up there and had a couple of uh, Tito's Vodka Bloody Marys. They're doing this food shoot, which was like serious. They had, there were three people around food. All of them had cameras that, you know, I'm not talking about camp, your phone. No, they're thousands of dollars. Right. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah, I guess this place does extraordinarily well because it's right in the center of everything. You know, I don't know how good that food is in that area just because it's kind of touristy. I'm sure there's some spots, but it's it's like you don't you don't go to New Orleans to go eat on Bourbon Street. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, you go uptown or you go midtown or you go over now towards the Marigny and different things like that. But um, but I will say this, their wings were were rocking. And then we had, we had some, oh, they had this huge bacon, just bacon... Sounds, you, know, you know how the food's covered in a suite? Yeah, it sounds amazing. And it was just a loaded up tray of bacon. 
I swear I ate 18 <laughs> pieces of bacon. It was That sounds fantastic. Phenomenal. Pancake pantry. That's what Mac is right. That's okay. exactly what it is. That sounds very it's not franchise. It's not though. I okay. promise it's not. It okay. was like it, you would actually like even for your bougie standards, it had Did you basically go to the O'Charlie's of breakfast? No. And you're this, trying to tell me it's No, no, no. This ass? is local because it uh again, the it the crowd standing outside can attack you don't get a line of that many people down the block. How do you know that? Because it's a that you don't get that kind I mean, of people, response. People do that at Pato's, and Pato's nah, is, is dog food. No, nah, it was fantastic. It was great. Okay. I'm not gonna let you try to rain on something just because okay. you didn't go there. I mean, people wait in line okay. to drink a bunch of sugar called a hurricane at Pato's. That's fine. Is it was fantastic. The food was great. Uh, it's highly recommended, and okay. it was delicious. All right. Hey, I, you know what else I saw? Um, I was driving around a lot the last because I went to Starkville on Saturday and caught the doubleheader, but. There's a billboard now. Um, who would have ever thought that Cracker Barrel, Barrel would drop billboards? And it's it's mimosas and pancakes. Yeah, we had a whole show. You remember we did that yeah. segment on Cracker yeah. Barrel doing alcohol? Yeah. I just think there's a big... I, I think that they have a a pretty large percentage of their customer base does not believe in drinking. It's a great question. That, that you is, see where I'm going yeah, there? No, I'm with you. I understand because the majority of their fan base is, is in a part of the country that is historically anti-hardcore, <sighs> yeah. you know, conservative, religious. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I think there's probably enough though, like, what do you want to call it? Like truck drivers, electricians, yeah. like blue collar yeah. that yeah. still drink. Yeah. It's going to be. I got you. And then there's, I'll, I'll be honest, as a high school to college kid. Obviously, high school we wouldn't have been drinking in an establishment, but into college, of you into college, uh, I mean, only because they wouldn't sell it. <laughs> Co- yeah, exactly. In, into college, you when you can drink stuff like that, like Cracker Barrel is definitely a great like college aged meal place because you can get a pretty good amount of food. It'll mm-hmm. fill you up, and now they serve alcohol like that. See, you don't. I, it, see there, I don't think there's a Cracker Barrel in Starbucks. There isn't. Yeah, because there's not an interstate. And you know, that's and the I don't rule. think there's one in Oxford. Their company. So, so. So what substitutes that is Waffle House in those two in those Except two towns. Waffle House can't serve alcohol because then it would literally implode upon itself. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. People are already too drunk when they get to yeah, Waffle you, House. Yeah, you'd have mass. Sh- yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be good. Uh, the Cracker Barrel in Hattiesburg stays pretty busy, though. It's, that's a rule. I don't think so, there's any doubt about so that. So we looked this up when we did the show because I always wondered why you didn't have a Cracker Barrel in almost every college town. Right. It makes sense to me. Well, when they were originally designed... They were roadside stops. And so part of their company motto is they're within so many miles of an interstate. Right. And so they won't go. Like the one on I-55? Even though you could is go that to. still open? Yes. Okay. Even though you could go to Oxford and Starkville, probably open one and make tons of money, they won't do it because there's no interstate. So that shows you the power of Cracker Barrel. On that corner, Twin Peaks and Outback Steakhouse have both closed. Nothing can stay open. But Cracker Barrel stands strong today. Right? feel like I, I need to have a USA on my chest. Red, white, and blue, baby. Good morning. Welcome in. Charlie Winfield stops by at 830 and Chris Jans at 930. Hoops time, baby. It's the big dance. And for me, it does not get any better Thursday through Sunday. But for state fans, it starts tomorrow night against Pitt in Dayton, Ohio.
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, man. The, uh, the big dance. The Hoops Tournament, our discussion today brought to you by Edwin White's Golf Shop on County Line Road. Uh, Congratulations to Chad Ramey, Mississippi State alum. He finished in the top 20, struggled a little bit yesterday, but won $167,000. Could have won a million if he could have putted um, at the level I know he wants to putt at, but goes down to TPC, Sawgrass. And not only makes the cut, I know he's the leader after day one, fell off a little bit, hung in there, uh, made almost $170,000 for the weekend, finished in the top 20. And our leaderboard update brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. That's where you go before you go to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, Edwin Watts Golf Shop. You know they've got the best selection of clubs. They'll uh, upgrade your bag, upgrade your golf game at Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Also, uh, Ole Miss women's hoops, they are in as an eight seed. They will play Gonzaga. Uh, Mississippi State men's and women's teams. Uh, pretty pretty wild that first-year head coaches who you know lost some players in the transition and so on were able to punch their ticket, and MSU men play tomorrow, and the women play in South Bend against Illinois on Wednesday. And so Coach Yo, Coach Jans, Coach Purcell, um, all dancing, all in the madness, and it's very, very exciting. If you've listened to the show, you know I love it. I'm pretty eaten up with it. Yes, we're a football show. But this time of year is, is a ton of fun. And when you have teams from the stadium, it, it makes it even better. Um, and look, when we started, I've, I've told this because we have another bracket challenge and it's it's pinned on Twitter at Bo Bounds and, and our Facebook page, Search the Out of Bounds Show. And we'd love for you to enter. And, and the code is Bounds. Uh, enter, win, and we're going to have some some great gifts and and prizes. But when we started doing this in 2003 and 2004, we did our first bracket challenge when I was at 9.30 a.m. And at that point, we were still wondering if anybody was listening to the, to the station or the show. And guess what we asked our listeners to do? Fax their bracket in. And 
God bless Brian Eubank. He had to like tally it all and over 800 brackets were faxed in. It was insanity. I haven't sent a fax in nine years. Thank God. <laughs> but uh, that's what we did in, in 2004. People faxed, like printed it off, wrote it in, you know, in, in a pen and faxed it in. Hmm. Manually going through that many brackets, sound, I'd get through about five and be like, you don't pay me enough. See ya. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm just not. I'm not doing it. <laughs> 800 brackets going through each round trying to mark off winners and losers. That's insanity. Yeah. No, I, I can't believe that. Uh, it was kind of like the way that, like, Scott Kessler would tally up fantasy football prior to it all being. At least that's only 10 people. Computer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, it's, it's every week no, I know. for a long time. I know. Oh, no. It's, it's. You had to be, you had to have a low pad level to want to play fantasy sports pre-internet yeah. or pre, like easy access internet, right? And and that's the same thing with because I would brackets. have never done that. I wouldn't have done it if you had been like, "Hey Blake, I need you to take these eight hundred brackets we just got faxed in and manually do them as the tournament goes on." And like, no, <laughs> I'm gonna go do this other job. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I mean, you've been saying. Yeah, I guess he got all into it, though. Yeah. Well, you didn't expect... Here's the thing. You were buying... He bought in at probably thinking 100, maybe 150 brackets. And it turned into There's 800. Several hundred. Yeah, it turned Golly, into 800. They just kept coming and kept coming. And now, so we have our bracket challenge. We do. It's the Out of Bounds Bracket Challenge. It's super easy. It's pinned, like you said, on social media, Twitter and Facebook. We can okay. get, we'll get an Instagram post up here in a, in a little while. Okay. Um, but it'd be very easy. The link takes you right there. Code, code Bounds. It says it on the post. Uh, we're already, I mean, people are, are filling it in left and right. So uh, we're already getting people in left and right. So it'll be a good one. You'll have to get yours filled out soon. Obviously, you can wait until if you if you're... Waiting to see a play-in team, like if you think Mississippi State could win, and, sure. then, and then you think that you can, you have until Thursday morning. That's, right, that's the beauty of it. That's but right. It's got to be finished Thursday. So did I tell you I went to Rippy's? That's where I had my Tito's vodka, Bloody Mary. You did, yeah, on Thursday, yeah. in, in Nashville. Uh, we've got some audio. Yes, something. It's a 25th anniversary of something that happened in the NCAA tournament. It's a March Madness 25th. Oh, I know anniversary. what it is. It just popped up on Twitter. About yeah. By Jamie Sykes, Carter pressure. It's to Jenkins, the Drew for the win! Good! He did it! Bryce Drew did it! Do you remember watching this? Falpo has yes. won the game! Keith Carter. Keith oh. Carter was covering the inbounds play when he said Carter. That's Keith Carter, AD oh, at Ole Miss. I didn't know that. And did you really not? I knew he was in that oh, okay. play. Um, yeah, that <laughs> Ole Miss fans just threw up listening to it, that. It just popped up. It's the 25th anniversary. Falpo, Ole Miss... Um, was that the best tournament team for Ole Miss? Bryce Drew. What? Maybe, yeah. Could have been, possibly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ole Miss basketball. I can't remember if Keith Carter and Michael White, Cissé, I think, had already left the year before. Maybe. Or maybe Cissé was a senior, too. Uh, they weren't in the same class. Ansu was there before Keith and Michael. But... Uh, Right after Mississippi State went to the Final Four, 
the next year, Ole Miss beat Kentucky and Rick Patino in Oxford on like January 4th, 5th, or 6th. And Dick Vitale was calling the game. It was pandemonium. And they would punch their ticket the next year after Mississippi State went to the Final Four. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, Keith Carter, 25 years to the day after not making a play against Valpo, makes a play and hires Chris Beard. Is it official? All reports are today that the paperwork is done. It's just announcement incoming. So that, that Ole Miss is hiring former Texas Tech, then Texas head coach Chris Beard. So it did get signed off by... That appeared, Jeff Goodman and others are reporting that it is done. Then it's done. It is done. That's a good hire. That is a really, really, really good hire. Chris Beard has won everywhere he's been. Uh, impressive on the court. And Keith Carter did his due diligence. Felt like whatever happened off the court with Chris Beard and his fiance was, is, I guess, past them in the rearview mirror. And he's already proven that, what, did he go to an Elite Eight at Texas Tech? Or Final Four. I oh, did he go to the Final so. Four? Let me pull it up. Okay. Yeah, Chris Beard, new head men's basketball coach at Ole Miss. How about yeah. that? And that, there you go. So, it, what a turnaround from five years ago with the coaches we had in, in our sports to now. Yeah. Obviously, Bianco has stayed the same, but everything else has changed. And I feel like, for the most part, you feel like there's upgrades across the board at, at, at the positions. You've gone from Luke and Moorhead to Kiffin and Leach, now Arnett. You know, you went through a string of baseball coaches to now Chris Limonis. Yeah. And in basketball now, you, you've gone to two coaches who we've seen what Chris Jans did in year one, and Chris Beard's got a heck of a resume. He does. I mean, the coaching pedigree in the state of Mississippi has taken a – huge step up it really has that's that's a good point um wow well and and you got money now the chris beard thing fell in their lap he's not leaving texas they're never going to get that kind of guy unless he gets into the domestic dispute with his fiance and loses his job but the bottom line is um old miss decided to hire him so chris beard head basketball coach at old miss Charlie Winfield coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We are the Out of Bounds Show, and this is ESPN. 105.9 The Zone. It looks like Jans has moved the interview. I'll tell you more about that coming up next. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Taste the Mediterranean through March 19th at Whole Foods Market. Save on animal welfare certified bone-in beef short ribs, sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon, and more. Find sales on Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie and ground lamb. Grab an olive bowl bread from the bakery. Plus, wines from the Mediterranean start at just $8.99. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Come on. Everyone ready? This is the SEC Insider Hit. Presented by your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. Go local. Go with a home team. All right, uh, Mississippi State basketball is in the big dance, playing game tomorrow night against Pitt, Dayton, Ohio, and then their baseball team has won five in a row. So we welcome in Charlie Winfield, ESPN Plus, SEC Network, calls a ton of games, uh, basketball and baseball, and Charlie Winfield joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Charlie, in October, I did not think that Jans and the basketball team would even make the NIT, much less uh, punch their ticket to the big dance. Uh, where did you stand in around mid-football season with this team? Oh, heck, October. How about February? Uh, a team that, you know, you look back over the month of January, you lose eight of nine. I don't think I've ever seen a team get up off the mat like this one, and I think it speaks a lot to the job that Chris Jans has done. To turn it around, man, that's really difficult in college basketball to come out of a skid like that and not just play well, but then to make a run for the tournament. I think it says a lot for the staff and a lot about the guys on the team. No doubt. All right, so they're elite on defense, and they can't really throw it in the ocean on offense unless they go through Tolu, you know, down low. But yet, Charlie, they, you know – their spacing, their 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 unselfish, which uh, we've all watched some Mississippi State basketball teams under Hallen and Stansbury that didn't have that component. So they're a little bit better on offense, maybe than they're given credit for. But the bottom line is Pitt and Jeff Capel. Capel was getting fired; he turned it around. This is a veteran laden team. And they love to shoot the three. State's going to go through the post and then maybe see what they have after that. Um, who are you looking to step up outside of Tolu? I think ultimately it's going to have to be a, a Rams Davis or a Shaq Moore because somebody is going to have to knock down a three-point shot for Mississippi State to get the win. Uh, the Now, there, there's two things that jump out at me about this game. The first thing is, Mississippi State, as you say, likes to – they're most effective inside the arc. Pitt was a top three team in the ACC defending inside the arc. We'll get a lot of open three-point looks, and there will be a reason for that. They're going to dare us to knock them down. And so somebody is going to have to do that. That's why I look to those guys and maybe even a Shaw Jones. If I'm sitting in Pittsburgh right now, I'm worried about – I think it gets lost on some people how different the scheme that Mississippi State plays is defensively, where that second guy comes from in terms of providing the double team. If I'm in Pitt, I'm thinking, man, we only got 48 hours to get ready for this. So I I think if there's something that neutralizes the advantage, I think we have the advantage of them having less time to prepare for a scheme that's difficult to prepare for. We have the disadvantage 
uh, this is a team that can really defend in the post. And so it's, I think to me, those are going to be the two storylines. Did you see Blake Henson transferred up there from Ole Miss? Yeah, and he's done okay, hadn't he? Uh, yeah. In fact, he's done better than okay. I think he's averaging over 16 a game, and he's uh, he's going to be be a challenge. But, man, you're right, Bo. I, I want to tag on to one thing you just said about Jeff Capel. This guy was de- a dead man walking. I mean, he hadn't been over 500 in four years, and fans were irate that he was coming back. I think it shows – Sometimes we give athletic directors credit for getting rid of people. Sometimes they deserve some credit for hanging in there with a guy. And I, the decision to keep him at Pitt was a really good one. Yeah, the, you. I know you've looked at it. They're loaded with graduate transfers, juniors and seniors. So this is a this is a veteran laden team, and and the dogs will will have their hands full. But they can obviously win. And I think the lines one and a half state. So it's basically um, a pick 'em tomorrow night. I think it's it could be one of the best first year coaching jobs in the history of Mississippi State. Oh, absolutely! And look, I, this whole staff has done such a good job. But the thing that jumps out at me is the way that Chris Jans is in many ways a throwback to a style of basketball that is very difficult the play of the day's game. You think about it, you look around our league and you see teams at Arkansas and Alabama and these places where it's like the goals just score 100, never mind what they do. The the whole, uh, what was the Hal Mummy line, you know, let them score so we can get the ball back. <laughs> There's a certain element to that. And this is a guy who came in and did the exact opposite. It's Man, that's a tough sell, but he found the right pieces to go along with it. You think of a guy like a Cam Matthews, you think of even Tolu, I mean, getting a guy like Tolu, what's the old saying? Old dogs can't learn new tricks. He took some guys who'd been around and got them to do something they haven't done before, which is really dig in on the defensive end. I, I think Mississippi State fans, I don't see how you can be more optimistic than they are right now about where this thing is going. Yeah, you make a great point. I think you hit on something there. The DJ Jeffries and Tolu's and guys that have been around bought in. I don't know how Jans did that starting last August all the way through. And then, like you said, they went through the rough. Well, they they, they start off 11-0, and 0, and then they lose 8-9. and 9. It's a crazy deal. And then they started winning again. Charlie Winfield on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Um. All right, let's switch gears to baseball. We've had we've already had several meltdowns this year within the fan base, and there's still a major work in progress, but give Lamonis and the players and the staff credit. They've now won five in a row. What was your takeaway from the last five games, Charlie? Well, they pitched it better. You come into the weekend, you give up two, three, and four runs, and then you saw guys start to go deeper in ball games. You saw Gerangelo go six innings, and then in game two of the series, the first game on Saturday, Landon Gartman gives you six good innings as well. And to me, I thought the pitching. But then the other side, I think it's kind of a team that uh, had a lot of areas it could improve in, and it started to do that incrementally in everything. He had 18 hits in 17 innings of play on Saturday. And you did that against a team who, you know, a lot of people are going to look and say, well, who's Lipscomb? Well, Lipscomb took two out of three 
from Notre Dame to start the year, took two out of three from Illinois Chicago, which is a really good baseball program, and should have taken two out of three at Auburn. It's a pitching staff. Lipscomb's hitters aren't necessarily that strong, but pitching-wise, they are a, they're an SEC-quality pitching staff because they've got a lot of transfers, and they've got some guys who've been around. So I thought the bats coming alive, some guys finding the power, um, and boy, talk about power, Ross Highfield. Wow. Home runs in one game. Uh, so pretty good start for him in game two. What do you think is going to happen at third base with what Chris did four games ago with, with Mershon and, and Slade Alford? How do you see that playing out? You know, Mershon has such a high upside that I know the coaching staff is really excited about him. So I would be a little bit surprised if we don't see him be given an opportunity to stick there. Uh, then again, we also know it's really tough to hit as a freshman, no matter how talented you are in the SEC. Um, Alford didn't play a ton last year, but he's been around. I think everybody's going to get their chance again. I think Alford's going to get another turn. The key for Alford right now, obviously you'd like to see him hit a little better, but he's got to uh, just clean it up defensively. Six errors has been the thing, and Alford's a good fielder. I think it's just gotten in his head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um I think we're going to see a little bit of back and forth. And as you think through this week in the midweek where you've got Nichols in Louisiana, wouldn't shock me if they don't split the starts down there. By the way, since we're talking about NCAA basketball a minute ago, Bob Marlin, who is the head coach at Louisiana, has his team in the tournament. Mississippi State grad, graduated in 1981. I did not know that. Yeah, he's won, I think, seven, eight conference championships down there, been down there 13 seasons. So, Wow. There's another March Madness connection. Okay. what When you look at what's playing out on the mound for Mississippi State and they did pitch it better, uh, I don't I, – I think they're far from settled on the rotation, but you got to have one going into Kentucky. But I think there could still be a lot of ebb and flow here. What do you see? Yeah, I think they absolutely can. You don't know when Cade Smith is going to be back, when Parker Stinnett's going to be back. We did see Casey Hunt come in, finish out a game uh, in the second game on Saturday. I think the the big question is going to be that middle game. I think Bartman has locked in that Sunday game, and he's the perfect Sunday guy. Throws four pitches. He's very different style than the other guys. Doesn't throw as hard, but he mixes it up really well. You'd like to think Gerangelo is going to kind of grab hold of that Friday game. He's looked good so far, and they've started extending him out. He went 100 pitches, which I think 70 with one arm, 30 with the other. The middle game, I would, I actually thought there was a really good chance we'd see Nate Dome start that middle game, but mm-hmm. you end up having to, to use him. And so, in relief, I think Dome is going to be one of those guys that will start him if we haven't used him kind of thing. Um, But then you wonder, where's Bradley Lofton in his development? Can he keep the walks down? And if he can, does he become that guy? And, hey, look, Graham Itama pitched well this weekend, too. He had one rough outing, but he's been good the other times out. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a revolving door in that one spot. Okay. So are you surprised Gerangelo's getting this shot on the weekend before Lofton? 
Not necessarily, only in the sense because Gerangelo just hasn't walked, guys. He is he's kept his. I think he's walked eight. Lofton's walked about twice that many in the mm-hmm. same number of innings. And so I think with a pitching staff right now, particularly if we look at somebody to go out there to start the series on a Friday, Ron Polk used to say all the time that hitting is contagious. I'm convinced that strike throwing is too, to some degree. And I don't know that you can afford to put somebody out there game one and watch guys walk. I think you need somebody that's going to fill up the strike zone. And so, I look, Lofton will be that guy. He, he, he Lofton's this is a top one two round pick when this thing's right. all said and done. So I don't. That's not a commentary on where they're going. It's a commentary just on where things are and what the need is. So not terribly surprised from that regard. Um, and the other thing is, look, Lofton gives you a real advantage in the midweek. Those games still matter. They still add up. You can't afford to lose those games because of the way that the strength of schedule and RPI and all those things play into it. And we can go back several years where in the midweek it's been nine different guys, everybody gets an inning. Lofton takes some pressure off your off your pitching staff by eating up some even in the midweek. Uh, Charlie Winfield on the Out of Bounds show and the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line, Mississippi State back on the winning track with five in a row. And they've got a couple in Biloxi, and then and then they'll go to Lexington, Kentucky this weekend. Uh, all right, I just it, it's Cade Smith, Pico Khan, and who was the third one you mentioned? That yeah, Parker Stinnett. We haven't it. seen, and then we haven't seen Aaron Nixon, who is the the transfer, the really good closer who transferred from Texas. We think we'll see Nixon back here in another week or two, and the others I I just don't know. We'll kind of wait and see with everybody else. Hmm. Okay. Don't you think that if Pico Khan comes back, if he can, being a lefty and some of the things that he could do last year, he could benefit the the staff and the team? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's one of the things I think Mississippi State's still trying to figure out is who's going to be that lefty out of the bullpen. That's one of the things that moving Aitama into the starting lineup impacts because you thought he might be that guy. Uh, Tyler Davis has been up and down in that role. And look, here's the thing. Pico, man, he had a lot put on him as a freshman last year. There were a lot of games in really tough spots where it was, look, man, we know you did it yesterday. We know you did it the day before, too. We get it. You're tired, but head on back out there because you're all we got. Mm-hmm. There's, some, there's some value to having a few miles on the tire sometimes. And I think Pico, uh, once if he can come back, I think that experience factor will help him a lot. Would you be surprised to see Cade Smith pitch for them this weekend? Or would you, if you had to call it, you would say maybe at Vanderbilt the next week at home for Lamontis? I, I, I don't know. I would not be surprised to see him pitch a little bit. Of course, he's been out a while. So if we do see him, I w- would expect to see him an inning here, an inning there type thing, and then kind of round his way back into form as it goes. So my best guess is a couple of weeks. Okay. How do you think that I asked you this last week, but how do you think Lamonis will continue to balance Highfield, Hancock, Hines, and maybe even Bryce chance, or you'll just continue to kind of see what they're, what he's been doing, try to get him as many 
innings slash ABs as he can? I think you're going to have a real good chance as this thing goes forward to seeing Ross Highfield go from catching the middle game to maybe catching the games and and maybe not catching the middle game, so to speak, pitching the pitching the other two. Because the thing that Highfield has done is he's been improving defensively. Now, his arm is really good. He's been improving in terms of receiving, which is also obviously catching it is the first job of the catcher, right? And he's he did it caught a really clean game this weekend, and his bat's undeniable. Golly. The guy got what eight extra base hits out of his thirteen hits on the season, so he is he is hitting it really hard and with some power. And I think ultimately, I guess that's a good problem to have. It's one of those spots where he's going to have to make some decisions of how he shifts things around. And you talk about Bryce Chance. The guy's leading the team and hitting by 20-something points. Good I don't know grief. that anybody saw it coming. But he's hitting 373, and he's hit for some power too. So, you know, uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about who's going to hit in the three spot. And I didn't think it would be Bryce Chance, yeah. but <laughs> he's just getting the job done. Okay, so Dakota Jordan was the buzz, even though Highfield was was highly coveted and 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 MLB was there and and so on. Um, you got four guys that you just named. I think one's a redshirt freshman and and Chance, but you have three true freshmen in Highfield, Dakota, and Mershon. Is that too many? That could I know Dakota may not be in the lineup every day, and Highfield too. And maybe even Marshawn. Let's say they're in though seventy percent of the time. Are you relying too much on true freshman and a redshirt freshman? Yes, but it's just kind of where you are. Here's the bright spot. Here's the good news. And I'm going to sound like a, a New Orleans Saints fan from years ago of the wait till next year. This is a team that has a chance to compete this year, but once the last out of this season is recorded and you roll into next year all of a sudden you're the veteran team. All of a sudden you're the guy with that loaded sophomore class. And so it's there's going to be some days in the SEC, which the competition is elite, where they're going to look like freshmen. But all those experiences, I think, are going to go a long ways towards getting Mississippi State back where it wants to be in baseball by giving them a chance to be the team with the experienced sophomores next year. Mm-hmm. With Dakota Jordan, it looks like he's pressing, scuffling what, a little bit. That's exactly what it seems like to me. Dakota Jordan's talent is is unquestioned. He was the best player we had in the fall. He was really good in the early spring. And I told somebody yesterday, well, keep in mind, the guy's played 12 games. You know, 12 games in Major League Baseball's two weeks. It's a, it's a little slump. In college baseball, where the sample size is much smaller and the season's shorter, everything gets magnified a little bit more. But you've seen glimpses. Here's the, the good news about Dakota Jordan. You say, well, the bad thing is he struck out 12 times. Well, the good thing is he's walked 10. And so you're seeing a guy who's maybe pressing a little bit, but there's, there's a lot more good there, too, than I think some point. people are immediately noticing. Okay. What hey, you've called a ton of games this year, and you've called the last four, the midweek and all three over the weekend. What am I missing? What am I not at? Well, I, you know, two guys that, I mean, Amani Larry, good grief, and um, 
You so, just nailed it. You you just nailed it. I'd say there's two things. Obviously, Ledbetter's been a nice transfer. Uh, Luke Hancock's hitting 346. Somebody was telling me the other day, well, Luke Hancock hadn't improved. Well, Luke Hancock's raised his batting average about uh, 60, 70 points over his career average. He's doing just fine. And then Amani Larry. And the other thing about Hancock, by the way, the guy walks so much. He's walked 16 times. How about this for Amani Larry? We, we've seen over the years, even R.J. Yeager last year transferring in struggled at the start. Two years ago, one of your most important players down the stretch was Scotty DeBrule, the transfer. And even in SEC play, was sitting down because he wasn't performing at the plate. And I think about those guys because they're second basemen. You've got back-to-back years where second baseman transfers have struggled as they come in. How about Amani Larry, though? This guy is hitting 352. He's got three home runs. He's walked 13 times. He's only struck out four. He's only struck out four times at 54 at-bats. Fewest strikeouts on the team by far. Uh, I don't, and look, defensively, he's been really good, too. So he, to me, is is one of the real stories about where this team is. And how about this? To have a guy at the top of your order is your leadoff guy who gets on base 52% of the time, man, that's, uh, that is something to be really encouraged about as we go forward in the season. Uh, would you – would you continue to tell fans to temper their exp- – even though this is probably not possible in Mississippi State baseball, but with everything you just said, would you recommend them tempering their expectations? Yeah, but I think I, I think I would say it more like adjust expectations. And this goes for college baseball fans across the country. The commitment to college baseball through the SEC, through the South, is unparalleled. And there's a reason that in Major League Baseball, even the greatest teams lose 60-some-odd games a year. It's because it's really hard. And you're playing other teams who get paid to go to the ballpark, too. Other guys who drive nice trucks to the field, right? And so that has changed a lot. If we were to go back into the 70s and 80s, we saw some great baseball. But in many times, the guys across the field weren't as great. Now. It's because, look, let's just face it, there weren't as many schools trying to go in all in on baseball back then as there are now. And that's why you could go 52 and 10 in a year. Those days are long gone. And so sweeps are much, much tougher to come by than they used to be. And those big, obnoxious, gaudy win totals are just hard. Yeah. And there is more parity in baseball, too. How many kids just drive through Jackson this weekend? Drive by the parks in Madison and Ridgeland and down Flowood, you're going to see kids playing baseball everywhere. True. The development, the talent, the indoor facilities, the practice facilities where our players can get better in November and December is so much different than it's ever been. And so the point of it being it's, it is a league now where winning two out of three is a really good accomplishment where it used to not necessarily. There aren't any layups anymore the way there used to be. Yeah, fair enough. Well put. Charlie Winfield, SEC Network, um, ESPN Plus, calls a ton of basketball and baseball games, bulldoginitiative.com, and attorney, among other things, joining us on the Out of Bounds Show. Charlie, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Bo. Charlie Winfield on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. I'm pulling my uh, 
best Chris Jans impersonation today on a Monday. So good morning. Welcome into you. It is an exciting week with uh, the big dance and, and all the baseball. And then Blake is, you know, going crazy to talk NFL football and whether or not uh, Stephen Jones will do anything in free agency. I doubt it. But Blake can always have hope. You're listening to ESPN 105.9 The Zone. It looks like we'll have Chris Jans at 945 today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.